0: No. Live. Ready to go? Let's go. Alrighty guys, welcome back to another episode of On The Journey. As always, I'm your host Nathaniel, this is Eric, and we have a very, very special person here with us today, Mr. Francis King. I would throw in everything that he does and like try to hyphenate everything, but we're just going to just call him the jack of all trades because this man literally has too many talents under his belt. I'm going to just let him. Jump in and introduce himself, and let him tell you guys a little bit what he does and how did he got into all the things that he's into. Floor is right, yours. Right. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. All right. So, um, hmm, how do I explain this? So,
1: I so I dabble with production, photography, videography, acting, and kind of personal training. I got into the whole video photo lifestyle because um, I've so like my main goal is to be an actor, right? And then I'm like, okay, one thing that I noticed about people who want to do acting, like uh, typically the way they make income, they're usually doing something like bartending or waitressing and, you know, respect to them. But I was like, all right, how can I, how can I figure something out in order to like make my own work, but also like get paid. So I, I ended up buying a camera because I saw like a lot of people, like when they're switching over from Vine to Instagram to Facebook, YouTube they started getting more like high, higher quality content because they were buying like legit DSLR cameras. So I went and bought a camera and I, I spoke at it at my first podcast. I actually used some of my financial aid money to buy my first camera. And then, um, once I bought the camera, I was like, all right, okay, let's, let's figure out how to use it. And while trying to figure out how to use it, I asked a couple of my friends like, yo, can I take some photos and videos of you? And then eventually I can't remember which friend it was, but they said, Hey, I love this picture. How much do you charge? And I was like, Oh wow. <laughs> I can make money doing this. So that's kind of how I got into photography and videography. But the whole fitness background uh is mainly because like I've been playing sports like my whole life. You know, I grew up playing football, basketball, lacrosse, I ran track, I even wrestled. So like I feel like just being an athlete is a big part of my life. And it's also a big part of how I've sculpted my mindset to be what it is today. And I guess that's why you can kind of call me a jack of all trades. I kind of just learned it as I as I went and, um, I'm still trying to figure it out now, you know, I'm just uh, dabbling with all the different skills and just, uh, trying to get my, my business IQ a lot higher, but it's awesome like being able to be in so many different fields because they kind of all correlate in a way. Mm
0: -hmm. And then,
1: uh, one thing I always like is I, I, me like personally, I hate, I hate relying on other people to do stuff for me. So it's like, I like to teach myself how to do things that way. I won't have to feel completely dependent on other people to, help me um push to a different level if you know what i mean
2: absolutely so real quick what what was the first amount you charged for that photo for that first photo you ever
1: oh my god if i can remember the first amount <laughs> I charged.
2: did you lowball it or did you did you give a decent price
1: for for the photo or for the photo shoot
2: uh oh, i guess no, whatever came first
1: i think it was the, uh, so the photo shoot uh i think the first amount i ever charged was like 150 like a 100 bucks or something like that
2: and that's it that's here in new york right
1: yeah here in new york city what are you charging now so like now it's like it's still not that it's like 450 for a two-hour like lifestyle shoot if you Mm -hmm. want like um an event an event photography it's like 550 videos it starts at 750 so it really all depends like on the project like say you're contacting me and you want something done then i have to consider uh transportation rentals equipment hiring other people to come help me do the project, the uh, editing process, then I would have to give you a quote. But if it's something simple that we can just go out on the street and do, I'll just price you at 450 for a 2-hour photo shoot, $200 if you want some headshots done and etc.
0: So, so how how busy would you like which which one of your uh which one of your many careers do you think keeps you the busiest? Do you are you, are you more of a photographer? Are you more of a, a physical trainer? Are you more into your acting world? Like what is it that you that you play with the most? I would say it's uh
1: photography and videography because like that's like the most in demand because you know, providing a service to someone, like that's okay. always a need. And I got into the whole fitness thing during the pandemic because like I never trained people. I always just trained on myself. And then like I'm I'm always on social media. So I post like whenever I'm working out, and then like one day I was like, all right, well, I need to find out how I can make some side income. So I just started posting on my story, like, yo, if you want to come work out with me, come come through. Not even, like, putting a number value there. So, mm-hmm. like, eventually people just started showing up. And I was like, oh, shit. So I'm like, oh, sorry, if, if, I, I just care. You're, like, You're good. <laughs> all right, so I, like, people started showing up. And I was like, oh, wow. So because uh, of that, I, like, didn't charge people in the beginning. I kind of let the community build a little bit so everyone can kind of get to know each other. And then eventually it was, all right guys, I know like times are tough, you know, with money. So like, opposed to like what most fitness trainers are doing cause I'm not certified. So I can't be like, oh, give me X amount of money per class. Mm-hmm. So i like, be like, hey um, guys, uh, an easier way for us to do this, like I'm gonna leave it at open donation. If you feel like I gave you a great workout, it's open donation, here's my cash app, here's my PayPal if you wanna pay me. If you don't, perfectly fine. But most people obviously like, if you're coming like every week, every couple days, you got 10 bucks, 15 bucks is fair. Yeah. So like like some people just started, uh, donating me like from like 15 to $30 every time they came. And then that just became like a little side hustle. But I mainly want the acting thing to become the main source of income. But as of now, like I want to be able to still use like my other skills. So I won't have to go do something that has nothing to do with what I went to college for, just nothing to do with what I want to do. And ironically, uh, Recently, I just got contacted to go out to New Mexico for a Netflix film. And, like, just to do background work. But um, what's it called? So, like, uh, they're going to be contacting us back in, no- in, uh, well, in November. So, like, we're going to be able to fly out there and get some work done.
2: That's sweet.
0: That's dope, bro. Shit.
2: Congrats. Before, before we get too far ahead and into uh, the acting world and things you want to do in the future, I want to backtrack just a little bit. And talk about uh, how your, if you don't mind sharing, how your upbringing affected the choices you made. Through you said you went, uh, you studied business, or so,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, um, I was a finance major. Then I switched to digital marketing and corporate communications.
2: Gotcha. And and what was the what caused you to to not do something with that degree. What, what made you go the acting room?
1: So I always knew I wanted to do something with entertainment, but if I ever told my parents that I wanted to do that, they legit would cut my head off. <laughs> you know, uh, we're, you know, my family were, were first generation immigrants. So like, you know, my, my father didn't go to, he didn't even go to high school. You know, yeah. he just, he, I remember he told me well their equivalent to middle school. He dropped out of middle school to start taking care of his parents and helping them sell food at the market and like go to the farm every day. So if I was to be the one to say, Hey dad, I don't want to, I don't want to go to college. i want to go do this. He's he would look at me like, are you serious? Like all this hard work and sacrifice that I put in for the family. And you're going to tell me that because, you know, the American dream is to obviously come to America, do well in school, get a good job, start a career, you know, Absolutely. build a family. But, um, So I thought about, okay, cool. I wanna go the acting route, but I do not wanna go to school for acting because I just, I was doing a lot of research like beforehand. I'm like, okay, if I go to school for acting, yes, that means you're very serious about it. However, acting school, like going major, majoring in acting at like a conservatory, like say if I went to like Juilliard, like these schools are very, very expensive.
2: Super expensive.
1: And uh, one thing that a lot of people struggle with when they go to college is that they end up in a lot of financial debt. So luckily, like, luckily enough for me, I was able to graduate college with no debt because I went to Baruch, a public, public school in New York City, and tuition is only like $6,500 a year. So, like, they're paying you to go to school because when you get financial aid, you get a refund check. So I was like, wow. all right, if I can go to a school that's cheaper, which is why I transferred from Hartwick to Baruch because Hartwick was like $53,000 a year. So, I'm like, if I go to a school that's cheaper, major in business with something along the lines of, like, that could still be assimilated into like the film world. So I, I chose digital marketing. I'm like, all right, digital marketing may not be film or production, but that is needed in like the new world that we were going into. So I'm like, okay, if I can still do that, but then also take acting classes on the side, because I live in New York City, I can go to any any acting class in the theater district. I'm like, all right, I could do that opposed to kind of spending so much money just to be an acting major i could still have my business major and then still do acting on the side and i would say um my parents are very strict i think i have been finding uh i found my college letter actually uh a couple i think a couple weeks ago i found my college essay letter and i read it and i was like wow i was through? Because like I, I was reading it, and like the, main, the main premise of my uh, essay was like, I have to do all these things to make my mother proud. And I was like, damn, what was my mom putting me through? <laughs> that's, that's pretty
2: wild. That's, I, I, yeah. That's something that everyone battles when they're growing up. Everyone eventually comes to the point in life where they have to make the decision to either follow what their parents say and please their parents, or break out of that cage and, and do something that they love. So how, how did you, how did you do that?
1: How'd you break Uh, away? How'd I break away? Yeah. Yeah. So I went about it in a, in a business aspect. So I went and saw that I was getting traction with the photo and the video stuff. And I'm like, all right, if I can show my parents that I can make money and also pursue what I want to do, then maybe they'll let me do it. And yeah. So I kind of like, made a PowerPoint and then like just presented it to them. Really, I
2: registered, oh my God. I, registered,
1: I registered my business in like November. So like they knew I was like, okay, he's legit with it. He's actually, you know, trying to make himself like come off as an actual, you know, company. So I, I registered it and then I had consistent income coming in. So that, like, okay, let's just leave him alone. Like let him explore because he's still young. And luckily I have five older siblings who were like, okay, just let him like try and figure it out. And um, cause after I graduated, I did I had the opportunity because I after I graduated I got an internship at a big ad company, Havas Worldwide. I was working in their production studio. Then after I finished my internship, a different sector of that company asked me, Hey, do you want to stay here longer? So I I did the thing. I first generation immigrant, went to college, graduated, got the internship, and they said, Do you want to do you want a job? And I said, No.
2: Wow.
1: Respect. Respect. Hey, it was scary, bro. It was scary. I, I was like, you know what? Let me just say no now. As long as I have these connections, I, I could still contact them in the future. But, like, let me let me bet on myself right now and see what happens because, like, let me give myself a couple years and see what I can freestyle with, like, doing my own thing. And if I didn't do that, a lot of the
0: opportunities that I have now would not have had at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the gasoline, though. That, like, scary anxiety-filled gut feeling of when you make, like, a – out of the normal feeling uh choice in life that's just the yeah. gas to keep going because it's like sometimes it's just like there's no going back and like, you don't jump so far off the ledge like you just can't reach back and climb back up at this point you might as well just you know go all the way through yep it's like Tony robbins would say you got to burn the boats facts bro and like literally bro, i have to commend you on the powerpoint presentation to your parents because i don't think i've ever heard Anybody be that dedicated about proving a point that they made a PowerPoint to their parents? That's like that's like the most efficient. like you can't you can't say no to your kid if they come to you with a presentation. Yeah, that's pretty. They want to do this in life. There's no there's no saying no to this. Yeah, it's you know? like it's like yeah, just kind of demonstrating what you learned in school. Like, hey, <laughs>
1: here's my presentation.
0: <laughs> that is that is crazy, bro. So it's like, all right, so. Now that we, we, uh, we learned that, like, that the, the, the most traction that you've gotten from anything that you do is the photography and video, videography. What are some of the, before we get there, what is the thing that builds the least traction for you? Like, what is the thing that you're chase that you're actually pursuing right now that's gaining the least traction at the moment? I would say it's the acting. It's super
1: difficult because there's like, it's a lot of, um, one, is a lot of competition. Like, say you have one casting call that comes out. Like, luckily, I just got an agent back in May. And it, it took me like i don't know a, a few years to get an agent
2: being an agent but, um, is incredibly difficult
1: yeah, like so you get one casting call, you got thousands of people who are auditioning or you know submitting to this role or the commercial, and um typically casting directors pick their because, like they already have like uh they have they have a top tier board like okay, I like these uh I like these top twenty people who I typically work with on a you know a consistent basis, so like I know they can get the job done so I would say that's the hardest for me because like, and you've obviously everyone's heard the stories. Like we we, when when we think about acting, we think about all the uh, success stories of people who like, you know, they made it. Okay, congratulations, like Hollywood, right? Mm -hmm. But you never hear about all the people who never made it. And like the things that that happened to their lives because they chose to do something and like they just went down an awful path. And obviously, like I've read about that, I've seen it and I'm like, I don't want to be that person. So which is this is why I expanded myself into different avenues. I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. But I would say the acting is definitely the hardest to get off the ground. But I feel like once it starts going, like I, I don't know, I feel like once it starts going, it's just gonna keep rolling. Like um what's it called? Like you guys know that show All American?
0: All American. I've heard it, I'm not oh, the uh the, the Netflix joint with the football team. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, Netflix joint. Yeah, yeah. I remember you when, when, I, when wanted, I like the lead actor. What is his name? Uh, his his real name is Daniel
1: Ezra, but uh, his character's name is Spencer. Spencer, bro, y'all kind of resemble.
0: Now that you talk about it, oh, you're like the. I think you're like the tenth person told me that. <laughs> Once you said it, I'm like, hold on, <coughs> hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. What's up? You trying to you you're trying to like see if you can get on. Like when I when I first saw the show uh, back in 20, well, I saw like the preview
1: before it launched. I think I saw it back in 2018. And I was like, yo, I need to get on the show. I need, because like me being the football player who I was and also just like getting into acting, I was like, yo, I need, I need to get on the show. It's like, it's too perfect. Mm-hmm. I remember, yo, know, I remember I uh, DM'd and I DM'd all the, I DM'd everyone on the cast. I, I DM'd the producers, I emailed the producers, and I emailed the cast. And eventually a couple people on the cast got back to me. Then one of the producers got back to me. And, and like, you know, how like most people, like when you're fishing for an opportunity, they just legit, they just ask right away
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you can't do that because then you come off as an opportunist. Like me, like in general, like, yes, I wanted something, but I was also very interested in the industry as well. Cause I'm like, okay, like, thank you for getting back to me. One, two, I just kind of want to, I want to learn from you. Like I want to, I want to be a sponge. I want to absorb like what you know about the industry. Like if you're willing to teach me, like I, I'm here to learn which is a big reason why I didn't take that job in um, the internship. I actually, after my internship ended, the next day I flew out to LA and I was there for a month and I was just networking, trying to get an agent and just, just trying to meet people. And then luckily enough, you know, one of the producers, he he drove up from um, Hermosa Beach on his way to a meeting at Warner Rose and stopped in North Hollywood to have breakfast with me. And him and I hung out for like two hours. And it's not like, oh, Hey, can you put me on the show? Can you put me on the show? I, I was like, no, I don't want to do that because that's just fake. I was like, hey, I want to, I just want to, I'm like, I just want to like establish like a middle ground so we can kind of talk and just like, I just want to learn how the industry works. And like, you know, if you're open to teaching me and just like, you know, being like a, a helping hand or just being like a friend, like, that'd be awesome. Like you don't, like, you don't have to put me on this project. I just want to know, like, I know someone in the industry who I can you know ask questions every now and then and say, if I have something, to uh something i want to know and um it also helps with like the production aspect because like i got i got into producing and he's already experienced in producing so i can ask him a couple of questions about that and also like writing stuff and pitching projects so it's just really having having a good network and mm-hmm. that's just yeah that's like the all-american thing so i just thought that was kind of ironic yeah, in the way it all
0: crazy goes. dope bro that's crazy that's a crazy dope story right like as you're telling me this story like in my mind i'm getting like a uh, a mental picture of like a warrior who's getting ready to go off to battle when he finds this master chief. And he's like, the master chief is like, you can fight next to me and I can just protect you. Or I can teach you how to fight and you can just Mm. go out there and fight for yourself. Mm. And you're just the warrior out here. Like, don't protect me, teach me how to defend myself. And you know, and it's, that's super commendable bro. And it's like, just with that kind of attitude, I have no doubt that you will find success, bro. And it's just amazing. To see that, you know, there are people still out here trying to chase their dreams in a very learning in a learning method, instead of just like trying to jump down everybody's throat, like give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. No, just teach me this so that I can become as good as I need to be, so I can defend myself. And that is like as honorable as shit, bro, and I respect that. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you.
2: One of the important words I feel like you said in this story you told us was the word networking. Oh, yeah. And that when you when when someone says, "Oh, I, I went to a networking event," or I, you said you flew to LA to go network. Like that word, I feel like doesn't do that action justice. Like networking is is a lot harder than it seems. And going to LA and putting yourself out there is it a super difficult task. So how did you like explain to us what networking? actually means in that process so our listeners can get a better idea of what they can do
1: in terms of how I did it
2: yeah like literally what do you do you go there you call people you do just dm people you like how do you how do you get to the point where you sit down with the master chief
1: okay so there's a there's a psychological aspect to it so like when you have um your personal brand right say Mm -hmm. we're talking about instagram if you're posting like some suspect looking photos that don't look that professional or like in relation to what you're trying to do, then I'm not going to take you seriously. But if you brand yourself in such a way like, okay, this person's actually trying to do something. Then when you contact someone, the main thing that I learned when when, when you're reaching out to someone is you never want to just uh, ask for something. You want to reach out to somebody and give them value. If you can give someone value and the value that I can give people is like, hey, let's shoot photography, videography, like once you once you move past that medium of talking on the internet and you meet and you're a pe- if you're a people person and you meet them in real life and you guys actually you know have a good vibe then it's it's up from there because like that's just that's authentic conversations but um, the main thing is really building that personal brand so people can because like when people look you up the first thing that they kind of um the first impression they get from you is how you brand yourself on social media the kind of content you post in your feed. The, and then, and, and, like, who you actually are, like, based off the kind of content you post in your IG story. Because, like, you see what people post in their grid, but people post in their story is completely different because that's, some, you know, wilding out with their friends. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if you if you have a, a good persona and, you know, you're, you're projecting something that's not uh, fake, then people are more inclined to want to contact you and talk to you, especially if they see, like, you're actually working hard and, like, not, like, you know, goofing off and doing, like, dumb stuff like i'm i just turned 25 on sunday and i would say like a majority of like the past like five six years um i've just been doing the same thing like you know i reach i've been dming people i email people i will contact someone who may know someone who can be able to maybe connect me via email or perhaps oh pre-covid connect over lunch and that way we could just talk in real life and kind of have them see if we can find a middle ground if we can get along and um that's really how you just, you know, that's really how you meet people. And also just how do you expand your network? It's just finding something that's like mutual between you two and then something that you can offer someone. Because when it's always like a a one-way deal, like if someone's giving you something and like they're winning and you're not really getting anything, and if you're not that kind of person who just likes giving, then you're not gonna wanna like talk to them. But if you feel like, okay, it's a mutual benefit, then okay, we can be friends or we can be acquaintances and then, you know, go from there. Perhaps you can become partners
2: and how often do these people get back to you
1: i'm actually shocked like uh people get back i I don't know like if it's something with my instagram account but like i i'll reach out to people who are verified and they will see my dm and like respond back but like you know like when you have going ig like if you dm someone who doesn't follow you you go in like their requested folder yeah yeah so for some reason my dms do not go in people's requested folders they just they go directly
0: into like their main inbox Oh, you don't, bro, you got the, you already got the touch, bro. That's the universe working for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm telling you bro, you're already there. Like, it seems like you're one of the, you ever heard the statement when you're built to win, there's no, whenever you, where, where you're built to win, you can't lose.
2: Mm.
0: So it's like, whatever you do in this, in this realm of where, where you're at, even if you quit, there's always going to be something that draws you back. Even if you lose, there's always going to, well, not necessarily lose, but if you gain a lesson. It's always gonna be something to help you elevate in this realm so if it's meant for you to win here you just cannot lose
1: you're right and, and and to what you said like I agree like with the whole um if you lose well losing is really a lesson and I would say 100% because I remember I was, I was doing some project uh, for about a year and a half and I bro, it was awful it was it was awful but I learned so much from it and I feel like what I learned from it I you can't get that at any job. Yep. you can't yeah. get it at any mm-hmm. job, and like the way you uh the way it challenged me mentally and emotionally, oh, I was breaking down. Like I remember like my like so I lived with my two older siblings so I, I would go downstairs every now and then I would legit have a schedule a meeting with my sister downstairs and I'd go down there for like an hour and I just she was legit my consultant. I would ask her questions like how to kind of navigate the problem that I had with who like with the people who I was working with. And then she would give me solutions and, like, like, things I can, like, work on. And then it just became me practicing on that every day. And then, like, I, my brain has never been through anything like that before because they don't teach you that type of critical thinking in college. You don't really get oh, that no. until you get thrown into the workforce. No, no, no. So that was the first time I actually got thrown into that. And most people break down and quit. And honestly, like, I wanted to quit, but I was like, I can't. Like, that's just not who I am. I'm like, I got to keep going and figure out how I can, you know, come to a solution. And then I feel like that year and a half to the two year process that I went through, it changed my life. It made me, it turned, I would like,
0: I guess you could say it turned me to a savage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't play around anymore. <laughs> right. As you should, right. I mean, it's gonna, it's always gonna, it's gonna make you, it's gonna make you better. You know what I'm saying? It's like all this, it's like sandpaper getting thrown into your life. You know, the more sandpaper that gets thrown at you is better. It's, gonna, it's either going to polish you or it's going to break you. Yes, sir. You know, you, you've got to choose. You just know what I'm saying? So it just seems like you're using all the obstacles in your life to allow it to power you to get to where you need to go. And I'm like super excited to see what the next ten years of your life are gonna look like. Woo! Yeah. I'm super excited to see you guys too, man. Come on. Thanks, hey. bro. You know this. <laughs> hey. <laughs> now that we touched like where do you see yourself like let's say five to ten years down the road? Like what is the what is the end goal for all of this? What are you trying to do with everything that you're working so hard for right now? Well, Like the end goal
1: of my career. Yeah. Well, I, well, I always told my father, cause you know, my father is a very successful man. And I always told him like, Hey, I want to retire you. I want to retire you from working, you and mom and retire you up in the, in Beverly Hills. And he, I always told him like, I wanted to get him a Ferrari <laughs> and not just saying like, Oh, like my end goal is like materialistic things, but like, mm-hmm. it, it's not that I just want to make my parents feel happy. And also like, you know, cause they sacrifice so much. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have heard this so many times, like, you know, parents sacrificing so much for their children but like it's different especially when you come from an African household and just the dy- dynamic between mother father and children like oh you have to go to school and be a doctor you have to be a lawyer you know you have to it, you have you have to progress the family name so I would say like my end goal really like it, if everything works out the way I have it in my head you know hopefully <laughs> hopefully living hopefully living somewhere in LA you know, becoming a successful working actor and also having a production studio where I do my other side projects on the side with my friend Christian Collazo. If you're, you know, if he's listening to this podcast when it comes out, you know, his his, his, his IG name is Basquiat. Hopefully him and I will be working together in the future, you know, doing our own side projects with our company, potentially traveling the world, shooting some promos, and just doing like the legit acting on the side, whether it be TV or film acting, and just inspiring other people to become their best selves. Like, With the saying that I have for my show, I call ourselves the underdogs because we, like, as you can see, like, based off what I've told you, the people who I like to talk to all have a chip on their shoulder. They don't make excuses. They don't whine. They don't complain. It's like, we're going to figure out a way to make this happen. Like, through hella high water, we're going to figure out a way to make this happen. And then our under slogan is do everything, be anything. Don't limit yourself to what other people say that you can or can't
0: do. If you actually want to go do something, just go do it. Yes, sir. You you you're you're killing them, bro. You're killing them. A love the mindset, and it's just like, like your story resonates with me on like a whole different level because it's like uh, because Eric Eric knows uh like my story, my background, and everything, and it's like slightly kind it's I don't want to say slightly similar, but it's almost just like yours. Like mm-hmm. I'm first generation um immigrant too. My parents immigrated from Haiti when mm-hmm. I was four, so I came over here when I was four. Been over here ever since. Um, did the whole you know, traditional high school route. I killed it in high school when it came to sports, did hey. football, rugby, and I wrestled collegiately. Uh, did awesome in all of them. But, you know, sports hit like a wall for me when it was going into college. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I'm like 5'10", so like I couldn't have continued wrestling, but I was wrestling at the 285, at 265, and the guys who wrestle at 265 in college are monsters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was playing O-line and in fullback in, in high school, And, again, the guys in college who are O-line, who play O-line and fullback in college are, like, freaks of nature. Like, they're, like, 6'5", 300 and some change. And I was, like – and I'm, like, 5'10", 260. Like, I I had my strength in me because I was strong as hell. But after – like, I feel like that strength ain't going to get you so far when you're dealing with somebody who's 6'5 and just, like, towering over you. Yeah, man. You know, I had the parents that were pushing me to – Go to school, do this, that, and a third. My parents pushed me into nursing school, even though I've always had like a love for medicine and uh healthcare. Because, um, at the moment, right now, I'm working as an EMT, okay. um, and doing our podcast <laughs> hey. and a whole bunch of other things, uh, that I'm trying to you know tie together under my belt. So, it's just like hearing your story is just like, all right, cool. So, there are other people out there my age who are killing it too. So, let's let's just all kill it together and let's 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 start a trend. Of just young kid of, of the young new generation kids out here just killing it. That are hungry. That are thriving. That are doing it the right way. That are looking for some education and they're looking to educate others. Like let's just find some hungry people out here that are ready to do this, bro. And it's just like that's this is it, bro. Like this is the shit. This is like the, the stuff that you know. I feel like people need to hear that they're still young people that are doing it the right way. That are hungry. That are working with a chip on their shoulders, like you said. And I just love the the, the underdog slogan. And it just makes so much sense. You know what I'm saying? Because it's always the underdog that always gets counted out. But then when they make it, it always just makes the story so much better.
2: I oh, love yeah. the underdog story.
0: The story just always sounds so much better when the underdog wins, you know? But, like, I'm sure you guys have all watched the
1: movie Rocky, right? Oh, Probably. sure. Like, right. come on.
2: Come yeah. on. is <laughs> one, one of the greatest of all time for a reason.
0: Exactly. The Apollo Creed-Rocky match is, like, the best boxing match that ever, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's literally the best fight ever, bro. Nobody yeah. ever sees the ending. Nobody, nobody, it never really happened in real life, but it's going to go down in boxing history as one of the best fights of all time.
1: Yeah, man. When I was a little kid, I thought Rocky was a real boxer. <laughs> I thought he was
0: legit. I thought he was legit. He's legit. In, in the minds of Americans, he is real. He is a real boxer. Rocky Balboa is in the boxing hall of fame. Okay, it's okay.
1: I I always tell myself when I get older, when I get dogs, I want to name. Uh, I want to get two, like a husky and like a German shepherd named like Rocky and Apollo. Oh, that's hey, That's fire. That's
0: fire. Love that. Fire son. Even Creed, bro. Like you kind of give me like some. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael B. Jordan vibes. For real? Yeah, bro. Oh wow. Thank <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. All right, so to close out every episode, we have two questions that we ask.
2: Whoa, I dude, I got some shit. I got, oh, Oh. Oh, let's go. (laughs) Whoa, (laughs)
0: there we go, real quick. Go ahead, bro. Do you think Uh,
2: so? Would you consider acting or uh, photography, or like what is your passion, or are these all passions?
1: I would say they're all passions.
2: Okay. And yeah. how did you, how did you find that? Cause I, I live with people who their sole purpose in life is to pursue their passion. And I went to school for uh business. My, I listened to my parents as they just kind of like told me, you got to go to college, you got to get a job, you got to, uh, you know, build your career and try to climb that ladder. And I've always I've always been in search for something that I can call my passion and when when I find people like you or like the people I live with who genuinely have a legit passion they're pursuing and something they wholeheartedly love it it's so interesting to me because not many people can find that so how did you find that or is that just something that kind of clicked one day and you were like, oh, this is, that's what I want to do.
1: I feel like uh, you just have to experiment. It's kind of like um, okay, most kids, most people in general just do what they're told. And it's always the kids who don't do what they're told are considered to be bad kids. Right. They're not bad kids. They're just thinking outside the box. And the ones who think outside the box in a creative way they typically find what they like to like to do hopefully that thing is you know something legal you know and it's a good thing but um it, it's, it really just goes back to what makes you where do you feel the most bliss like when you're mm-hmm. doing something what, what makes you smile what makes you feel like you're alive right
0: mm-hmm. like in the
1: moment like if you're doing something and you're like oh wow i can't wait till friday then it's it's not something you want to do but if you're doing something and you're and you feel like oh my god this is it going to be perfect i'm so excited like, I'm hyped, then that's when you know, like, that's your passion. And like, most kids today, they just don't experiment. They yeah. just they just do what they're told. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with following, you know, orders. But like, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta be free, you gotta be a little loose, you know, and um, also just writing things down. Like, um, I have like a little journal that I write stuff down. in. like, so like, I'm, I'm a very social person, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm also very not social, so it's like I'm a extroverted introvert, if that makes sense. I, I, like, I get, it, bro. I get it a lot. Yeah, it. it's like I I like being by myself, and I think what most people um are have trouble with is that they they're not self aware, mainly because a lot of people like they can't they can't go out without being with their friends. They can't go, they can't take themselves out to dinner by themselves. You know what I mean? They always have to be with someone. Oh, I can't walk into that party by myself. Oh, I can't be here by myself I need I need someone here oh I can't go get my hair done by myself why it's a mental thing yeah and I feel like this whole pandemic right a lot of people finally got to be able people who actually live by themselves got to be by themselves and you know unfortunately there was like a a high suicide rate it's because people aren't used to legit just sitting in a room and just staring at a wall and asking themselves where am I what am I doing what do I want to become people can't people can't ask themselves those questions because they never explored you know using the other part of their brain their whole life they've just been doing what they've been told doing what they've been told but you know i feel like when you experiment and you write things down of course you read some books and yeah hang around the right crowd that's when you really find like what you want to do like don't hang around people who make you do stupid things and exactly. make you feel like make you feel bad about yourself or just, just like in general like me like, like no bashing on like alcohol or like smoking or anything i don't drink i don't smoke
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like so, when people when people go out to go hang out like in general i don't really, I, I don't really even be hanging out with people i'm just always just like doing some type of work but like um in general like i just i just believe like surrounding yourself with the right people will make you think in such a way that will also make you more enlightened and find out who
0: you want to be. Like, what do you want to do yeah. in the world? You know what I mean? Yeah. Since you mentioned some books, you have like any like literature that you could like recommend for people who are trying to do like some stuff from self enlightening thinking or like trying to do some like soul searching. Do you have anything like, or like some motivational texts that you can recommend to the listeners? So apart from just like physical texts, I was using audio tapes. So,
1: audio tapes actually changed my life. Wow! I started listening to them when I was like 20 years old. I remember I we were moving from Bronx. We were moving from the Bronx to um to Brooklyn, and I'm cleaning up my room, cleaning up the apartment, and then I'm just on YouTube one day, and I and I come across this uh, speech. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a motivational speaker named uh, Les Brown. Mm-hmm. But uh, I came across a speech, and it was a uh, the story. Like it's cool because he tells a story in the speech. And he's, like, playing, uh, I think, Connect Four with his son. And then the way he, you know, the way he described the story was, like, his son was, like, oh, it's not over. He said something, it's not over until I win. Like, he kept on playing his father until he finally won. And I remember at that moment when I heard that first tape, I teared up. I cried because it hit me so hard because, like, someone who's always fighting for something and not giving up, and when you hear that, like, it, it's not over until I win. He was chanting it. The whole crowd was chanting it. And then when I heard it, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. That was the first time I ever heard a motivational tape. And then I just started listening to it more frequently. It's kind of like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the saying, like, you could have mentors who aren't alive or mentors who, who, you, who you've never met.
2: Oh, just yeah. by yeah. hearing
1: things that they've said and things that they've done. So, like, I listened to Inky Johnson, Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, all these people. I listen to what they say, like whenever they're presenting um, something at like, uh, or just uh, in general, just have like an audio tape. I use SoundCloud. So I type in like, you know, Inky Johnson, motivation, uh, Sylvester Stallone, motivation, Arnold Schwarzenegger. If I pick back on where I left off, it's um, like- Motivational speakers. Motivational oh, speakers. And like, say like when I'm in the gym, a lot of people listen to you know music that gets them you know relaxed or hyped up like i, I play my trap I'm, i've been bumping pop smoke lately for the past few months hey but, hey hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but typically, typically man like if i'm not playing you know pop smoke in the gym i'm listening to these audio tapes man i'm listening to kobe bryant Oof. all these people wow like I, I gotta send you guys a link of this one I, I listened to the other day when i was on the outstanding uh, master, bro i was in that thing for like an hour Jesus. I was like, "Woo, Kobe i like, you on the Stairmaster for an hour? Yeah, I had the video on replay. The video was only 7 minutes and 51 seconds. I kept replaying. Send that. I'm about to, mm-hmm. I'm about
0: to be on the Stairmaster in like an hour or two, so send that, bro. Got you, man. I got you. Mom, you when you work.
1: listen to these tapes,
0: while you uh, while you work out, so you
1: listen to the tapes while you work out, while you eat, while you're doing homework, while you're, just, say, you might be like writing something or just studying, like, so a, it changes you. It's kind of like being... Yeah. Blue- little kid and hearing like your parents you know talking outside of your room it's the same thing when you hear the, what like what you
0: put into your body is what you know what you put out Ooh, i like this guy bro <laughs> it's, hey, literally, it's it, that's literally <laughs> it bro it's like, uh how do, you, how do you call it uh yeah physical food spiritual food mental food and you feed yourself on all these three levels and everything that you put in you get mm-hmm. out if you're eating negative spiritual energy you're yeah. gonna put that out you're eating yes, that negative mental energy. You're gonna be a negatively mental person. Yes, sir. If you're eating physically bad food, it's gonna re- like show itself on your body. Yes, sir. It's, just, it's it's life thing, but it's it's not crazy, bro. And it's just like when you listen to all these tapes, like you said, and you you know you read the books, you uh you watch the videos. It's like the successful people. I believe that the successful people in this world are giving us the secrets. Exactly. We just choose not to believe that it's literally that hard, that they had to do all of that stuff. Yeah. And that's when you find out who actually wants to
1: do it. Yep. Because, like, it, it all boils down to how disciplined are you? How mm-hmm. dedicated are you? Like, people could say, oh, I want to play in the NBA. You sure you want to play in the NBA? <laughs> yeah. How, how, many, how, many, how many times are you willing to practice, uh, practice a day? How much film are you willing to watch? know yep. yep. Right? When it when it, when you when you like, yeah, everyone can get you know infatuated with the glam of like, okay, I'm rich and famous, I have these cars, girls love me, X Y and Z. But when it comes down to doing the actual thing, are you obsessed? You love it. You gotta you gotta be you gotta be freaking obsessed to the point that people are like, yo, you need to chill out, man. <laughs> you need to calm down a little bit. I remember I remember I was at this kid's house the other day and like, he goes, you just smoke some weed. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I, I'm on a different time, bro. And if mm-hmm. you're not on this time, then I, I guess we just can't hang right. out. <laughs> that's really it.
0: Gotta, like, I'm on a different kind of high, bro. It takes It takes hard work to get this high.
1: Yeah, you know? man.
0: I, I'm just saying I'm high on life. That's really what it is. Bro, it's, that's it, bro. It's like you literally get a high sometimes when you reach certain goals that you put out for yourself. Yeah. And it's like almost like an adrenaline or like a serotonin dump into your body and you actually feel so much pleasure. Like when you go to the gym, and you fuck and you cross the session. Yeah. And like you walk out of there like, yeah, you're the man now. Ah! <laughs> like you just want a superman your t-shirt. Like, like I did this. Feeling like Goku. Bruh, I'm telling you, son, it's like a lot of people don't 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 uh, they don't, I'm just it's a lot of people don't get to experience that because they just, you know, they choose to like hide, hide, like mask whatever they're going through, better to say, it, mask what they're going through with other substances instead of trying to find the natural substances inside of ourselves exactly that's that's why i stay away from alcohol and drugs because it's just another excuse for you to
1: run away from your problems
2: (laughs) So how
0: how
2: how do you manage uh your time effectively to do all these things that you're doing because with everything you've said you're trying to do I genuinely don't understand how you have enough hours in the day to do that.
1: It's very difficult, I'm telling you. Like I sometimes I barely sleep. You mm-hmm. know? Respect. But uh typically like the, the 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 past few months of schedule I've been on. Like I wake up around five thirty, six. Once I get up, I I aim to leave my house by six thirty. So I could be at the the turf field by seven A. M., working out by seven AM. I finish probably around like nine. Get back home, take a shower, eat breakfast, and then just get in front of the computer and get to work. Start applying the casting, start editing photos, start editing videos, reach out to people, write down new ideas, stuff like that. So typically, like, you know how people have a schedule of like, oh, I work nine to five. Mm-hmm. I work every day, all day. It's because like, I'm just, I've thrown myself into what I do. Like you have to, you have to be, you you can't be doing something. Like you have to be what you are. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to be your job. 100%. Yeah. That's That's the only way you're really going to like it and like, Find um, some type of uh sustenance in it because like you're throwing yourself into it, yeah there's a work life balance, but like um if you truly like what you're doing, then it doesn't matter
2: exactly yeah there's a I think it was the law of attraction uh the the book by I think it's like Dale Carnegie or something, but he says you become what you think about most of the time and'
0: That's the law of attraction?
2: Yeah, most of the time I agree. most of the time you're in your in front of your computer working on podcasting and videos and and photos and uh acting so the likelihood is that you will end up becoming one of those things. Um, right. But I think it's I think it's pretty incredible how you manage the time and I think that's a super important uh characteristic that a lot of people can value from is effective time management
0: yep,
1: yep. yeah i'm and still trying to get better at it because i'm not that great at time management it's really difficult
2: difficult
0: it's like bro i promise you like uh i feel like if people who have time management down to a key are they have to be the millionaires like the millionaires have to be master I time i know right. some- I don't know how they do it. I'm sorry. I'm literally literally coming off of uh, like I just came off of like a a 12-hour tour last night. I was working from 11 till 10 a.m. this morning, and from there, like I was on my while I was on my way home, I'm studying all the stuff that I got to study about you, so I can actually know who you are and what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come here. Had to get on this this call with Eric 30 minutes before here so we can actually chop it up and you know try to make this sound as professional as possible give you a proper platform so you can talk now we're on here talking after this i have to jump out of here run to the gym get my workout on come back home shower i gotta get my studies ready because i have this like a bunch of other projects that i actually want to get up and running before i start going back to school next semester and then hey yo you take a nap (laughs) I've tried to bro. I, I like I, I try to nap on the ambulance at night because I have to go back again tonight. I have another shift starting tonight at 11 p.m. But and it's like when we try to nap every time you like you doze off and you sleep for like an hour or so, they go somebody that decides to fall down a flight of steps or something. You know what I'm saying? And wow. then you got to rush and be, you go from mid-sleep to adrenaline rush. You got to save this person. Wow. It's just it's amazing, though. It's an amazing it's an amazing line of work. It keeps you up, it keeps you morally satisfied. But I'm definitely there with you when it comes to, to managing time. Like, that's in, that's incredible, man. That's that's a different type of schedule. You know, being on the road all day, every
1: day like that. You gotta, you I was gotta like,
2: like you, you sure you wanna do eleven a.m. Are you sure you you sure you wanna record at eleven a.m. bro? Like if you like, need that's a seat, that's cool.
0: Is it, the thing is once I'm up and moving, I just keep it going. We just keep it rolling and just knock shit down. Because once I lay down, nobody will hear from me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Once I'm up, just just, let's do this. While I'm up, while I I have energy, let's kill this. Once I get in the gym and, you know, you run for, like, 10 minutes, you're you're good. Your energy's up. Your blood's pumping. Do you live in in Brooklyn? Yeah, I'm in Bed-Stuy. Wait, wait, wait. Are you off off the J? Yeah, on Gates Ave. Hey, yo, you go to, you go to Blink on Gay Tab? Yeah, bro. My like, guy. <laughs> I live right next door. To Blink? Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> I was... <laughs> yo, <laughs> wasn't <laughs> I not just telling you this? Yeah, bruh, you this to before. That's amazing. We, we, it's not impossible, bro. It is not impossible. That's crazy. I literally was just talking to Eric. I'm like, "Yo, Eric, bro, I've seen his videos at the gym, and his gym looks like my gym." What? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not gonna say anything because I don't know. That's a that's see, look, look at the universe. Look how small this world is, bro. They
1: yeah, literally we're go, literally man.
0: blocks away from each other. Now you gotta come get a workout with me. Oh, facts. We gotta get busy now. Yes, sir. Which time? Which turf field you go to? You go to the the, 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 middle,
1: the middle school over here. Uh, I started going to that one, but there's another one on on Lorimer and, like, Montrose Avenue. It's a big turf field, and well, no I'm one's like, ever there. one are you talking about now? No mm-hmm. one's ever on that field. It's huge.
2: Something about working outside is just so much better. Yeah, oh, man. man. I,
0: hate, I hate running on a treadmill. I get bored. It's yes. so pretty. Yes. Like, the Stairmaster, I love the Stairmaster because you can't get bored because it's, like, continuous punishment. Yeah, you gonna fall. If <laughs> yeah, yeah. you gonna fall. Yeah, <laughs> sure. and it's like, it's like every after I feel like after you hit that ten minute mark, it's just punishment straight. Yeah. Like,
2: Wait, no, I have never done the stairmaster in my life. Oh god.
1: Really, Eric? Yo, know, I used to bash the stairmaster. I'm like, oh, only girls do that because they're trying to get like a you know get their butt bigger. Uh-huh. And I did it before the uh, gym's closed, and I was like, yo, shit, it's no
0: joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like so you're like. Some cardio machines you jump on and take a couple it? of seconds to start sweating, sweating. As soon as you jump on the, the stairmaster, bro, you're raining. Yeah. Like, it's, Are you just
2: walking up? You're just yeah, like just walking like
0: up. Yeah. It's just stairs, like just the huh. stairs just keep coming. When it rains it pours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, bro. You got to try the stairmaster, bro. Like it's you like You got give it a shot. It's, and they have, like, different settings. Like, some of them you can climb the Eiffel uh, the Eiffel Tower, the Empire State Building. <laughs> bro, like, I've never gotten to the end of any of them, but, like, some of them, like, 3,000. I thought the Empire
2: State Building is brutal.
0: I've done, I, did the, I did the Statue of Liberty in real life when I was in elementary school, when they were still letting people go up to the... Real way. life? What? When they were still letting people go up to the top, we took a trip to Statue of Liberty, and we went up to the Crown, bro. It was literally... To this day, I'm in middle school, and I still remember that pain. I still remember that pain from me. <laughs> Those steps are real brutal, bro. won't like drop me in the elevator. They it's can't, bro. It's, it's, it's it's a lot, son. And it's like once you're up there, you just there's no choice but keep going because you get so far up. It's like all right, I'm already halfway here. Might as well keep going. And then you just get there, and then your legs literally buckle on you. You start crawling up the rest of the way. Like people don't ever like I, I doubt people actually stand up when they get to the top. You have to crawl yeah. the rest of the way. How old were you? Like five. I had to be like anywhere between five and ten, maybe. Damn, yes. that's how old the elementary school is. All right, for yeah. five, man. <laughs> Jeez.
2: so you, they, you now in
0: Brooklyn, how do you go from uh, upstate New York to Brooklyn?
1: Uh, so I went from yeah, upstate New York because I was, um, I grew up in Warwick, New York, and then I went even more upstate to Oneana to go to college for a year and a half, then I left there. Moved in with my siblings in the Bronx, and then from the Bronx, we moved to Brooklyn because we found a better
0: apartment for a better price, and it was just closer to Manhattan. That is, a, that is a, a a a good choice for your health insurance going from Bronx to Brooklyn. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> tell you
1: that. Yo, we lived on the last stop on the five train, it was, it was crazy. It's like what frog's neck. No, uh, East Chester Dyer.
0: Like, whenever I was going home, the, I was always in an empty car, and it was creepy. Gee, bro, jeez! Especially the five chain. Those number trains, late at night, they get weird, bro. Yeah, man. The, them weirdos come out at night. I actually go to school up there over at, uh, at Lehman College.
1: Oh, my sister went there. She played basketball there. Bro, son. What
0: about like the same person?
1: She got her, uh, she got her jersey retired, uh, Sally and Imani. Holy
2: shit.
0: Why? She was sick like that? She was nice, bro respect respect Re- oh look her up sally the money. she hey, got her
2: freaking yeah. retired that's amazing
0: thank you hey bro all right Nate, still-
2: yeah you, you got it man i feel like you know where we're headed now
0: oh yeah so we have these two questions that we <laughs> ask everybody at the end um uh you want to ask america or
2: uh sure well so the first one they're both pretty straightforward but they're If, if you think about it, they're pretty complicated depending on the person. Um, But the first question is just how do you define happiness? We're curious, how has your life experiences um, defined happiness for you?
1: It's a very great question. I remember um, someone, another, another entrepreneur, an older guy is like 39 years old. He asked me, are you happy? Because like, mainly because I never, you know, socialize with people. He's like, dude, are you happy? Like, all you do is like work. And then I'm like, I mean, I never thought about it. Because like, I just, all, all I did was just, you know, I, I did what I wanted to do. And um I would really describe happiness as like going to bed and you know that you did everything you could do and you have no regret. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really happiness for me. Like it's not materialistic things. Like sure. Everyone, of course everyone wants to drive a Lamborghini one day. Right? right. Who wouldn't, but like, I would say happiness is like, you know, knowing you did everything you could do. You may, Hey, you may not have one, but you know, you, you, you gave it your all. And that's, that's a big thing for me. I, I hate having regret because the worst thing is, Oh man, I wish I did this this way. Oh, I wish, I wish I tried a little bit harder. That's the worst feeling you could ever have. So I would say happiness is knowing you did everything that you could do.
2: And regret is shitty now. Imagine that feeling when you're on your deathbed.
1: Uh, then you've definitely heard you've definitely heard that audio before, right? What? When you're on your deathbed and all the ghosts of uh, who you could have been surround you. And they Ooh. ask you, Damn. Why, did, why didn't you pursue this? Why didn't you do that? And then now we have to go to the grave with you.
0: Damn. That's deep. That sounds like some... Uh... Some David Goggins is itch right there. David, David, all
2: Goggins. you can do is, uh, all you can really David do Goggins. when those when those people show up at your bed is just bullshit them. Yeah. Because you know, like, you don't, you never really had a good excuse, you know?
1: Yeah, which is why I'm saying, like, yo,
0: shoot your shot. Thanks.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Life is worst? short.
2: Shoot your
0: shot. Where's <laughs> that going to happen? You, you, you miss? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People are, I feel like people are scared of missing. People are scared of rejection. That's the thing, bro. Exactly. And they could have, they missed out on a completely different life because they're afraid
2: of rejection. is a motherfucker though, dude. Especially.
0: You know who said something like super, like we just said his name, uh, David Goggins? Yeah. That's oh my guy, bro. Yeah. Uh, I listened, have you listened to his audio book? He did like an audiobook that's like half audio book, half podcast. It can't hurt me? Yo, mm-hmm. yes. I have not. I know about it, but I haven't heard it yet. It's life-changing, bro. I swear it's to it it's life-changing, bro. Like, it, that book is life-changing, there's another book called uh, No Excuses. Nice. Both, like, it's crazy. So God says, at the end of the book, he says that he's, um, he's not a religious person, he's a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And his idea of God is that when he gets to heaven, God is going to be sitting there with a clipboard <laughs> filled with all these people and all these things that he could have done and could have been, mm-hmm. and... If you do not, if you had spent your life not trying to become these people or doing these things, then you owe God an explanation. He said that he wants to get in heaven, to heaven, and do so much in life that he actually exceeds God's expectation. Wow. And when he said that, bro, like, my, uh, my like, the hairs on my ha- arm stood up. Because it's like, how can you, like, how dare you dream that big? You're, yeah, how like, dare you play with God? Yeah, like, like he's like his his he's like a beast. He's a he's a he's yeah. a animal. He's not he's not human.
1: And he, I love it. He's, and and, he, and if you know, like, with the whole uh, Navy SEAL thing and you know the Marines, they stripped them of all humanity. They become cold-blooded killers. So he, him he, on top of everything else he does, he's he, not a human. He's
0: he's he's transcended past human. He's he's he's, he's yeah, like he, he's super saying God, bro. Yeah, bro. All right, last question um what is your definition of success would you consider success to be something materialistic something to be virtuistic something to be more uh intangible like what is your definition of success so my definition of success would be
1: to not have to worry about money like to be able to like you know like well this comes from people counting their pockets right Oh, do I have enough money to pay my bills? Do I have enough money to uh, take my girlfriend out? Do I have enough money to do X, Y, and Z, right? So like, I feel like success, yes, people say you should not, it should not always be about money, of course. It should be about like how you feel within, like how you feel inside. But you know, I, I come from an African household. This is very different. I'm not a money hungry person, but I would say money provides freedom. And with that freedom, you can have a uh, peace of mind within your own head and not have to stress. And I would consider, you know, having enough money to take care of yourself and take care of your family is ideal. And that's what I really, you know, consider to be true success.
2: Agreed. Yeah, there's a certain, there's a certain uh, freedom, as you said, that comes with with enough money. And I think, I think it was Kanye who said it. And he said, uh, he said, it was in his interview with, I think, Sway, sway in the morning when he kind of went crazy and went on that I tantrum.
0: Sway. I sway. He's, yeah.
2: he, said, uh, he said we're all slaves. Mm-hmm. And in a way, like, yeah, he's, he's wrong. Like, we're not all slaves. Like, we, like, a lot of freedoms. But in a way, he's right. Because he's,
0: he's stupid, because right? we're
2: tied down by all these things like, like debt and our job that we don't like, that you wake up every morning, go to at 9 a.m., and hate your life, you know? Like that is is a a less chained kind of slavery. And money can definitely provide the keys to like break those chains. So while, while, while money isn't like the end all be all and that feeling of happiness, the previous question we asked, you know, it's definitely valuable and as valuable uh you can't help but you know have a little bit of desire to give yourself that financial freedom
0: yeah bro exactly
1: yeah i feel like when you have financial freedom then you then you could start living
0: yep Mm -hmm. yep it's like uh you gotta you gotta buy your freedom you gotta buy your freedom and you have to keep paying for it you gotta be obsessed with being free every day until that is all you are just a free person you know like like the rock rock says rent is due every day yes sir yes sir yes sir the rock is uh like i work out i work out with his his, uh with his shoes bro oh those those look fire i like those right every i put them on I just every time i get i I feel lazy at the gym i just look at my feet i'm like all right bro rent is due we got to get this got to get this (laughs) And it's uh it's crazy. and just to piggyback off what you were saying, Eric, it's like um I feel like to an extent we all are slaves, except for the few of us who free ourselves and become the millionaires, the motivational speakers, uh, the inspirational people. Like we're all slaves to ourselves to a certain extent. Like we hold ourselves back from living our truest selves. You know, we every day we have these ideas and these um these projects that we want to start or we have these people we want to talk to if you're a chick you have this guy that you're interested in you want to talk to him this if you're a guy you have a chick you're interested in you want to talk to her and you just let your emotions get the best of you and you just don't you think of the worst possible outcome of every situation and you just let that paralyze you from moving forward you do that every day of your life until you become too old to even act on your wishes now and that way you make yourself your own slave you're the only it's like we're the only person holding ourselves back from being our truest and best selves. And till, I feel like till, till we can learn to master ourselves and to like, tell that inner voice to shut up and let me be me. Then till then the chains won't be broken. bro. Like it doesn't matter about finance. It doesn't matter about the ethnic background. It doesn't matter about uh, global positioning, none of that until you can master yourself and tell that inner voice of fear to shut up and do it anyway, you're always going to be locked away in chains. Mm. uh,
2: It's facts, but yo, Francis, we appreciate you coming on and how can we uh, stay in touch? How can anyone who's listening to this podcast keep up to date with what you're doing?
1: Uh yeah, you guys can just find me on um social media. All my usernames are pretty the same. So it's uh I'm Francis King. So there's no A, it's just the letter I, then M is in Mary, and F R A N C I S K I N G. I'm Francis King. Hey.
2: That's how it that's what it is on pretty I'm much all the, the media yeah.
1: sites. Yeah, it's uh my my Instagram, my Twitter, I don't really use Twitter that much though, and my website, I'm Francis dot Beautiful.
2: Well, let's uh, let's all go break these chains. And uh, sure. to anyone listening, take take Francis's advice and go out and DM verified people all day long until you get a, a damn response.
1: They, they don't even have to be verified. Just, just shoot your shot, guys. Your shot. Your, I mean, not like saying like sliding girls DMs, but just like. Shoot your opera like your 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 business opportunity. If you think you're, you're you you know, you have something that's valuable enough for somebody, shoot your shot. Who cares what you're fenting?